Hey y'all, Indy here from the Conscious Club Podcast, the number one podcast on Wolfpack this week. Tori and I are talking about the... Hey y'all, Indy here from the Conscious Club Podcast, the number one podcast on Wolfpack this week. It's pretty special. We're talking about the minimalist Funk Arrangers that Jack talks about in the Holy Trinity's YouTube series. That's right. It's the Mizell Brothers. It's uh, it's Mr. Uh, uh, Wardell... Uh, Kazare, and I didn't want to get that wrong, and also uh, Mr. Reinhold Mack. We're diving into these three fine fellows. I guess four fine fellows because the Mizell brothers are two guys, but you get what I'm talking about. It's the Conscious Club Podcast. Let's do it, y'all. Bringing you back to uh, 1973 here with uh, Donald Byrd performing Blackbird here at the Montreux Jazz Festival. 
We're bringing it back <laughs> in decades and decades we here are. on the Conscious Club podcast. Um, welcome, everybody. Um, it's a little bit of a different uh, different show tonight. Mm. Uh, we're going farther away from Wolf adjacent, but still staying in that Wolf rut. It's you still know. Wolf related. I'd it's say. Wolf related. It's Wolf adjacent. It's everything. Um, I, I guess without without what we're going to be talking about today, who wouldn't have the uh, inspiration for our fearless leader? Correct. Yeah, the music wouldn't. The music that we uh, you know hold dear to our hearts, that is Wolfpack, would not sound the way it does without these people that we're exactly. going to talk about today. Absolutely. Which is, um, it is the special Jack Influences edition of the Gotcha mm-hmm. Club podcast where we are diving into the minimalist funk arrangers mm-hmm. that Jack uh, ever so eloquently talks about in the um, Holy Trinities mm-hmm. uh, video series, uh, uh, albeit short-lived, um, <laughs> uh, directed by Rob Stenson. Uh, a a uh, Wolf production, a Good Hertz production. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- today we are going through the minimalist funk arrangers that uh, bri- that uh, that Jack has uh, so notably notably mm-hmm. put in in the Holy Trinities. So um, without further ado, thank you guys for watching. This is the Conscious Club podcast. That's right. Um, I want to start out by saying um, our Insta handles. Mm-hmm. So uh, the show is at the Conscious Club Podcast, <laughs> um, and uh, Tori's Instagram is at Senorita Toria. Mm-hmm. It's a little confusing, but you'll get there. S e n o r i t a t o r i a. Thank you. Getting fast at that. That's right. Yeah, it's Pavlovian at this point. If you're if you're new to the show, welcome. This is a place for you if you like Wolfpack. Um, we're talking about all things Wolfpack all the time. Mm-hmm. We are in zone two. We are not experts. We are the IRS of the Wolfpack. Correct. And Danny Wood is the auditor of us. That's right. <laughs> now, TCCP doesn't necessarily just mean the no. Conscious Club podcast. It means... I always forget the T, though. Treasures of talent. Treasures of talent. That's right. Curators. Curators of controversy. Ah, the uh, creators. the creators of content. That's right. And the purveyors of podcasting. That's right. right? With the talent, with the 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 curators of controversy, the creators of content, and the purveyors of podcasting. And that Correct. is us. That is TCCP, and we are in zone two. That is right. Yep. Also, the beautiful art that is behind uh, our our awesome co-host's mm-hmm. head. There, it was provided by uh, none other than Cody Sen. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, his Instagram is at Cody Send Paintings on Instagram. Um, follow, uh, you know, go to his Etsy shop, buy his art, buy all the originals, support him. Uh, also, buy Tori's uh, originals <laughs> too to help uh, help the show out a little bit. Huh? <laughs> uh, but thank you, Cody Send, for for sending that in. Uh, but today is a special day. I wanted to uh, I wanted to dive into the minimalist funk arrangers, and I think we can get a little bit of. Um, of uh, a little bit of taste by watching the Holy Trinities together. Love it. I think it'd be fun. <clears throat> Shall we? Mm-hmm. Should we go person by person? So Ooh, we'll you watch... mean pause the video? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. So like, f- I like that. per person, we'll just pause after he's done with that person. Sounds good to me. And then go to the next. Let's Perfect. I want one of the fluffy right, mics, though. So when I moved though. to this new part of town, I check out the, sh- the local shul, Jump <laughs> Kipper, High Expectations, and then this cantor chimes in, and she's got this vibrato, 
it's making me nauseous. She's not keeping it within a whole step, you know? It's like it's like someone put a wow control on the canter's mic. <laughs> so I'm I'm getting sick here. I pop a Dramamine for motion sickness, but it's Yum Kipper. I'm on an, an empty, empty stomach. stomach. So then I'm just, I'm like losing it. I'm having a religious experience. I turn to my buddy, I gotta go. I say, I got a video shoot I gotta do right, right in an hour. I am right. <laughs> Little birdies. Minimalist funk <laughs> arrangers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's do it. This Trinity keeps track count low and transients tight. Sustain down. Kick drum, snare drum. Kick drum, snare drum, dry. Let's go. Number one, Alfonso Ponce Mizell. Mr. Mr. Number one here. Who penned the greatest pop melody of all time? I want you back's bass line. It was Ponce Mizell. It took me years to figure that out because it's credited to the corporation, but Fonts <laughs> wrote it. He came in with a lead sheet with the bass line and a kick drum pattern. Talk about minimal. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Mr. Rob Stenson directing here. <laughs> number two. All right, so that was um, Mr. Number one. Font myself, right? So uh, we want to dive into who these people are, uh, what you know, their contributions to uh, the uh, the sphere at large in the Wolf world mm-hmm. um, and in the funk world um, mm-hmm. before Wolf. Um, you know, it, it's people like this that need to exist in order for somebody like Jack <laughs> absolutely, to do what he does. Absolutely. Um, so, and a lot, a lot of, a lot of the people that we're going to be talking about today, um, walk that line of, of being great, mm-hmm. you know, like just there's, there's a, um, there's an innate sense of greatness in every single one of these people that we're going to be talking about today that that I think um, Jack goes, okay, I may, may not be there yet, but these are, if 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 these are the uh, the top of the top of the top of the hill, the hill climb, if you climb the hill, you'll find these people there. And you, know? you can take a poop there. <laughs> and you can take a poop there. You go to the tallest <laughs> hill in Eagle Rock and shit on everything. That's right. <laughs> um, and you might see them. Yeah, hey, yeah. So, <laughs> hey, you never know. Uh, but the Mizell brothers were a, a record-producing team in the 1970s consisting of Larry Mizell um, and Alfonso Mizell, mm-hmm. right? Which they call the fonts, right? <laughs> um, now, Larry earned a degree in engineering and fonts uh, earned a degree in music from Howard University. While they were formed... Uh, while, while they... While they're... While there, they? It's Wikipedia, man. It's a wild place. Oh, while there, they formed. Oh, we need the comma. You know this this uh, this thing here. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Uh. While there, they formed and performed in a jazz vocal quartet, the Van Lords. Mm -hmm. That's oddly uh, Wolfie. 
oddly filthy, the Van Lords. Uh, also, if if you haven't seen the documentary Vannon, you have to. Look oh at my God! V-A-N-N-I-N. Hulu, I think. Hulu. Oh or, no, no, no! Amazon Prime. It's it probably Prime somewhere. The the low hanging fruit of the streaming platform. Best thing you'll ever see. Best thing you'll ever see. Non Wolf uh, adjacent. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the early 70s, Larry and Fonts moved to California to start their own company, Sky High Productions. Love that. Love that. Yo. That's great. Uh, they went on to produce albums for Blue Note Records that set the tone for jazz fusion and the era. The Mizell brothers often used the same musicians on their albums, including Harvey Mason on drums, Mayudo Correa on percussion, Melvin Wawa Watson Reagan, <laughs> Wawa Watson Reagan, and... and David T. Walker on guitar. <laughs> Hell yeah, David T. coming in. <laughs> uh, also, Chuck Rainey. Chuck Rainey on the bass, uh, Jerry Peters on the piano, uh, Freddie Perrin, and Chuck Davis were sometimes involved as co writers or co producers. Um, also along the lines of being great, mm-hmm. um, Larry, uh, 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 Mizell, mm-hmm. Larry Mizell helped create the LCD screen display. I know this is crazy. Cause he had an engineer degree. This is really, Jeez. I know. So as an electrical engineer, Larry Mizell, uh, performed testing and reliability work on the lunar module for the NASA Apollo program. Mm-hmm. Talk about minimal. I know. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of Woody, this guy. Right. Ah, I like it. The scientist music mix. Right. Um, he was one of the first to do research on liquid crystals, which today are used, for example, in displays in LCD. Mm-hmm. And this is a little photo of our, our friend uh, Fonce. Love it. <laughs> Alfonso was a member of the corporation, the, Mi- the Motown hit-making production team that <laughs> wrote and produced the Jackson 5's early hits from 1969 through 1971, including I Want You Back, ABC, uh, The Love You Save, Mama's Pearl, and Maybe Tomorrow. Uh, The corporation uh, (laughs) also consisted of Motown founder Barry Gordy. Of course. uh, Plus uh, writer-producers Deke Richards, uh, who who brought fonts to the company, and Freddie Padden, Padden, (laughs) a classmate of Mitzel's uh, at Howard, who... Uh, also later worked for Sky High Productions. An incredible, uh, ve- very Woody, Woody-esque. Yeah. You know, it's it's the scholactic. Well, everybody in Volpec's pretty scholactic, except for <laughs> Joe Dart. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, degree-wise. Mm-hmm. Isn't he the only Volpec member without a degree? Who? Joe Dart. Joe, Joe dropped out, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he sh- he ought to have. Yeah, I mean, he's basically a savant, this guy. Right, right. So, uh, without getting taken down here, we'll Did skip to 532. Oh, yeah, um, and it's really here, cool they talk about working with him. And here, yeah, we're going to learn a little bit more about our, our, our uh, Larry Fonts and, and, and uh, Larry Fonts. Uh, no. Michael was very professional at that age. I remember Michael was very curious about the recording process and the studio, what was going on, very observant. Yeah, after the session was over, he'd come to me and Freddie for like, well, how did you all do this? You know, uh, what do you mean chords, you know, a simple chord, you know? And then we, we'd say, if you want to get in the songwriting, all you have to do is, is just ma- ma- master some three or four chords. Three or four chords, you know, and, and uh, uh, you could r- uh, run with that, you know, 
you can write millions of songs just from that. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> cute. That is super cool. Yeah. That's super cool how um, they they were able to see the pop icon before, decades before. before. Way before he was even. Right. Like, like, you know, indigenous tribes in random places on the earth know about Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's a kind of fame that barely anybody gets to it. It's uh, being a le- an icon or a legend, basically. Right. Yeah. right. You know, it's, it's, you know, the Elvis mm-hmm. of the 80s and 90s. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess like 70s, 70s 80s, yeah. and 90s. Because like, you know, Michael Jackson was at the top until he died. Really, I From mean, a like kid to death. Basically. I mean, the last few years of his life were a little bit on the you know down, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, to you know, it's just the highest of the high. It's like you're the president of mu- of Literally. pop culture, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So interesting, 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 <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um. So when Motown moved to Los Angeles, the Mizells joined up with a trumpet player, David or uh, Donald Byrd under whom they had studied while at uh, Howard University. Their first album, Blackbird, on the Blue Note label, was the first of a string of albums together that would define jazz funk and lay the foundation for acid jazz and neo-soul. And not to mention Wolfpack. Yeah, and that's what we opened today's show with, was um, a little taste of Blackbird. Blackbird and yeah. Donald Bird. Also, we got uh, mosquito booties here. <laughs> I don't know what this is. So, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this that dude just on the? Mosquito <laughs> booties. <laughs> Talk about acid jazz, am I right? It's crazy. Cray, cray, cray. Now do you see why I called it mosquito from the intro? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. The funky mosquito. So, uh, at least this is where we get our weird weirdness from. Our, this our is where we technological, get our uh, yeah, the technology and mm-hmm. the weirdness. Absolutely. A little bit of influence from, from there, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, that kind of wraps up the, uh, the Mizell brothers a little bit. Should we go back to our friend Holy Trinities here? Let's do it. Let's bring it back here, huh? Number two, Wardell Kazare. (laughs) Creole Beethoven. (laughs) Wardell took Mr. Big Stuff up to the Apollo, and the musicians couldn't play it. It takes a special (laughs) musician to play minimalist funk arrangements. (laughs) By Wardell Kazare. Uh, this is Lilo and Stitcher. Oh. Who do you think you are? <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> and that's him, right? Yeah. And then we're on. Yeah, okay. So. On to Wardell. Mr. Wardell. 
Um, and in previous episodes, we had an episode uh, dedicated to Mr. Dr. John, uh, which uh, which Wardell, uh, uh, here he is, uh, them together. Um, and it does take a, a special type of musician and a certain type of body type. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of got that body type. So maybe <laughs> I may, you know, maybe I could be one of those musicians one day <laughs> that could, that could take a, a, a Ward L. It's all that uh, jambalaya. You know what I mean? It's that gumbo. It's that jambalaya. <laughs> it's that, it's that, it's that. It's that cold. What are those fluffy beignets? beignets? I've never had one, but they look. I don't even tasty. know what that means, but it looks. It sounds good. Yeah. You know. Oh, they're they look amazing, but I've never had one. Yeah. Um. So Wardell. Um. How do you pronounce the last name? Uh. Kazer. What was? How did Jack uh, say? It Jack before? will say it better than us. Number. I know uh, Danny Wood's screaming at his. Uh, yeah, he's screaming. screaming. Number two, Wardell Kazare. 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 That is very hard to see from that word. Um, but yes, he uh, was born March 12, 1930. Mm-hmm. Uh, died in 2011, uh, unfortunately. Um, he was an American composer, arranger, record producer, band leader, um, known among New Orleans musicians as the Creole Beethoven. That's right. <laughs> Jack Stratton got that correct. Um, steeped in jazz, he was an influential, influential musician whose work shaped the sound of New Orleans rhythm and blues, uh, funk, pop, uh, funk and pop music. Mm-hmm. Uh, his role as an arranger and producer kept him out of the spotlight and enabled him to enhance the careers of many. He was a staple of the New Orleans music scene <laughs> and the recipient of an honorary doctorate in music. Talk about how <laughs> honorable is that honorable mention. Incredible. So uh, you might ask, uh, where did... Uh, I'm just going to call him Wardell because I already yeah, forgot his Wardell. name. Yeah, <laughs> Where did he get his inspiration, you may ask? Uh, uh, well, he was born in the seventh ward of New Orleans into a musical family of Creole descent. His father, Sidney Sr., uh, uh, <laughs> what is it? Kazare. Kazare. Sidney Kazare Sr. played guitar and his mother, Violetta Guimont. Violetta. Violetta Guimont. Played mm-hmm. clarinet. His older brothers, Sidney Jr. and Leo, were jazz musicians. Sidney played the trumpet and Leo played the drums. Uh, the family played together on Sundays. Um, they had no formal music training, but they were influenced by uh, Louis Armstrong, Harry James, Dizzy Gillespie. Um, and as a teenager, he played the trumpet professionally to start compose. Yep. Uh, started to compose, right? I thought that was one of the the rare Wolf releases without a typo. <laughs> it's like uh, CT compose, um, and then in the nineteen uh, forties and fifties, I think Tori can take over this this part. Yeah. So, so in the nineteen forties and fifties, he emerged as a band leader in his own right in the mid nineteen fifties with his band, the Royal Dukes of Rhythm, and later with Wardell and the Sultans in late in the late nineteen fifties. He taught music and arranged for well known acts. His band play his bands backed a variety of artists, including Otis Redding. Mm. 
and he did not have a signature musical style. He approached each composition and each project individually. He avoided listening to hit songs on the radio because he thought it would bias his creativity. In the absence of a piano, he would use a tuning fork to establish pitch. And arranging, his first consideration was the bass line. He associated, uh, as it should be. Uh-huh, he associated the me- melody of the bass line with groove and energy. Ah, two things you <laughs> damn well need to be a minimalist punk arranger. He first, uh, 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 he particularly specialized in arranging horn charts. In describing his role as an arranger, he said he applied New Orleans jazz to other styles of music. Incredible. I mm-hmm. can totally see how Dr. John uh, and him could have been. Oh, turned. for sure. I mean, the Creole Beethoven, I think I think Dr. John had big shoes to fill. Huge shoes. Because this guy would be older than Dr. John. Oh, by a lot, yeah. yeah. So uh, now we're in the 1960s and 70s. He did several stage arrangements for Motown acts, including Stevie Wonder. And as a result of his success, um, uh, 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 Kazare's skills and... M- Malico? Yeah, M- that was Malico? the studio. Ah, uh, the Malico's Malico studio were in demand in the 1970s and were used by artists uh, as diverse as Paul Simon, Willie Nelson, and B.B. King. Heck yeah. That's right. Now the Notable sad mentions. part of the story. Yeah, we're hopping a, a good three decades in the future uh, to mm-hmm. Hurricane Katrina. And in 2005... Uh, by then, legally blind, Kazare uh, uh, lost his belongings and musical scores in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. The following year, benefit concerts were held. Uh, the following year, benefit concerts were held on his behalf, led by Dr. John, with support from our leading musicians, including REM and My- REM's Mike Mills. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't have a link prepped, but I definitely I want to see. I want to see uh, if there's anything. Of him talking? Of, 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 of... Wardell? Uh, Wardell. Uh, Q-U-E. Okay. And then, um, uh, Dr. John. I want to see if there's anything of that. Probably. They'll probably be the benefit. Oh, my God. Wardell oral history? Oh, this is, this is on the rundown, baby. Oh, this is on the rundown? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, do this one, though. This one looks cute. Okay, let's do this one. It has nothing to do with Dr. John, though. This one might be on the rundown, too. We'll see. I don't want to get uh, taken down. Doesn't seem like it's... Uh... I love to write because, uh, you know, that's my lifetime of study that. And as far as performing is concerned, that keeps me out of the house and they keep me enjoying what I wrote. The Creole Mass, one time I went to the studio uh, to do some recording, and there was a gentleman that he was sitting down, he was getting ready to leave out of a session, and I was getting ready to go to a session. <laughs> Bobby Valentino is his name. I was fortunate enough we got to talk, and I was telling him about the composition I was writing while I was waiting. And he asked me, uh, well, what do you intend to do with, with this? I said, well, I want to go into the studio and try to record it, you know, make a demo tape of it and uh, a few songs and try to submit it to someone to put up the money. 
And it just so happened that was the right time, the right person, the right place to talk to something. That's been the right place. And he agreed to do the <laughs> We went in the studio, and we did it, and that was it. <laughs> and the thing about that, what was so interesting with that, the, the, uh, the choir master of, of, of the choir of the symphony said, well, Del, I, he said, I have to tell you something. He said, man, I've never seen anything that looks so bad on paper and sounds so right to the ear. <laughs> I guess I, that's a compliment to them. You say it looks so wrong, but sounds so right. When I was young, I grew up with this. That beat. is so cool. You know, not only is he a minimalist funk arranger, but he could definitely be a Marlon Brando impersonator. <laughs> you know? I come to you with these chats. I was fortunate enough to talk about my chats, and then I wanted to walk into the studio and record it. And now I'm going to give you a song that you can't refuse. And I'm getting this mic sock pretty wet now. Yeah, you're sl spitting and slobbering this guy. Spitting and slobbering. You have a I don't have no teeths no more. <laughs> no teeths. <laughs> teeths. Teeths. Zero. Zero. The New Orleans beat. And I don't care what kind of music it is, even the church music. Church. That I church. Church music. With the, uh, with the music from New Orleans. <laughs> the beat is. <laughs> the, music, the music from New Orleans. I love him. I'm not making fun of him. It's literally me loving him. I so literally much. love him. You're born with this. That is right. You're born. <laughs> you know, you came up all my life with that. <laughs> so I can say twenty. I was, let's see, I made twenty-eight. So about twenty-seven years, I, you know, I grew up with that. <laughs> His eyes just gave up. His eyes. He's like, can I, I can sleep? I, can I not? <laughs> yeah. But uh, our good buddy Wardell. So we got some quotes. Yeah, this is a really cute quote by him. So in 2004, with an interv interview with Offbeat, he says, whenever I arrange, the first thing that comes to my mind is the bass part. From the bass, you get the groove. You get the bottom of what you want to do from the bass. Mm -hmm. A good drum player will fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. That's the root. But it's always mm -hmm. the melodic line with the bass that starts me off with everything. It's all about energy. Uh. And he said in 2010 to NPR, he said, arrangement to me has to be the part, a part of the song itself, as if the two were made for each other at the moment that the writer wrote the song and it should fit like a glove. <sighs> Just bask in that because it's, it's so simple, you know, Love it. you're, you're given these strict parameters mm -hmm. and by strict parameters, it's basically you have freedom to do anything you want, but with less, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, looks, looks terrible on paper, but sounds so right <laughs> for the ear. That is our, that is our homie, uh, Mr. Wardell here. Um, no, I didn't hyperlink this. Pardon it's me. It's all good. We have two, uh, interviews. <laughs> This is uh, Wardell, uh, Doc's Delight, <laughs> After the Math, the St. Agnes session. He gets jamming. Just wait for it. Oh, does it. he? Oh. Pardon. You have no idea how much jamming he's about to do. Look at him. <laughs> His little neck gets going, dude. Doc's Delight.
Dr. John, Look at baby. Oh, he's got that dark neck. <laughs> Jamming. In the kitchen, baby. In the baby. kitchen, dude. Jamming. He didn't make the cut, huh? <laughs> he didn't make the master. <laughs> you made those some of the lame artists sound good. You made some of the good artists sound better. And you made some of the great artists sound like they was meant to do whatever they done. Mm. And that's, that's something special because uh, it's like... Uh, I apologize. This editing, this editing is uh, atrocious. Editing. You'll see in in the playback when you watch this. My headphones literally blew off my ears and fell backwards. (laughs) You know, it's always interesting to come to sessions and what else comes with just paper with notes written on it. (laughs) And it's interesting how you transform all of that Mm. into like a real song. I mean, I learn something every time I come here. I listen and watch Wardell. He goes over it. It's the, you know, I think the most important thing is getting Wardell, getting that groove. Mm. He works the rhythm section. (laughs) You know, okay, let's do it again. Let me hear your bass man do this. And he's telling the guitar to take this sound off and telling the Koga drums to, I mean, he just, Everything is dissected and he puts it all together and it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. The sun maybe? Feel sorry for the guitarist. Same. so cute wow we also have one more one more and this is where he talks with dr john i i put down 258 but uh we'll see we'll see here we're going to 258 this is at a music history conference 2009 in ponderosa stomp ponderosa stomp (laughs) yeah guys too like Smokey Johnson, man, he's another one. Uh, Smokey Johnson was on that session with uh, with Doctor on the uh, on on the uh, Big Chief. He played so hard that his thumb and thumb and forefinger was bleeding. He hit the uh, drum so hard, and uh, they had to patch his his hand uh, so it won't bleed on the sticks. Um, how, do you remember who played bass on that? Uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to think, but it, 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 it was most of the Raw Dukes rhythm band, but it, uh, it wasn't Otis DeVernie, and I know who <laughs> it wasn't. But I know who it wasn't. <laughs> upright bass player, but it, it, uh, uh, it, 
and it was in a, 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 a Mitchell. I love how I this love is them. basically us on the show. <laughs> going, I don't know his name, Danny Wood. No, who you. it wasn't. And then lists it wasn't. fifteen it definitely people. Definitely see Browning. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> who that bass player at all with? That's literally us. Who that bass player? That wasn't him. That wasn't him. No. Nope. I, 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 I could pitch it. No, I was sitting right by him. That's why I really remember being a kid. This is GCCP 3469. It wasn't French. No, no. It's basically episode 17 <laughs> where it's just me and Justin talking. Oh, yeah. And then you just sitting there like, <laughs> like Mr. Bob French. <laughs> So it was, accurate. It was a player that, that played like really uh, tasty. Like <laughs> it wasn't Chuck. Chuck no, Bader. it wasn't Chuck, and it wasn't, and it, was, and it wasn't. I, it's easy to think of who it wasn't on. If, if you had Jack, you'd be like, "It's on Discogs.com." Yeah, right. <laughs> if we go through the list, we'd probably come up with who it was. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. It wasn't you just killing me. It, it was, uh, I'm trying to think now. Bob French hasn't cracked. Yeah, right. How you call? How you, call? you must be from the seven ward. <laughs> you call Man, uh, doctor right, from every ward. <laughs> right. But anyway, getting back to uh, uh, Professor Lawn here. When he played the uh, piano, you can always tell what piano he played on because he had a habit of hitting the piano a, a leg with his with his leg, you know. And every time he played a piano, you knew it was him because he had splint, splinters in the <laughs> splinters. leg of, of the uh, of, of the uh, <laughs> of the piano. I said, "Gee whiz!" I never. I said, "Man, I hope I never get him mad so he can kick me." <laughs> Cause he'll break a bone, uh, uh, and I remember that session that we had to tie his hand behind his back because he played the whole thing with his left hand. And I said, "Man," and that was the first time I met him. You know, he had me more frightened of him than he was of me. I love that. They're so cute. Yeah, incredible. Uploaded by Ponderosa Stomp on YouTube. Uh, incredible. <laughs> PonderosaStomp.com. Um, incredible. I love, I love, uh, the, he reminds me of people I know. Yeah. You know he's what so I mean? Adorable. He's got that, that like, f like friendly uncle vibe. That's not for sure. the weirdo in the family, yeah, but like sure. still kind of cool and weird, mm -hmm. but like, but put together and, uh, and a man of old, the mm -hmm. old, you know, an old timer, but with, uh, with Jackisms. Yeah, for know? sure. <laughs> so cute. Cool. Um, so without further ado, we are going to move in to our third Number minimalist three. funk arranger for this week's show. Oh, yeah. oh, pardon. I went back too far to figure out exactly how we said his name. There he is. And we're going to Mr. Reinhold Mack. Number three, Reinhold Mack. German. Another one hmm. bites the dust. Greatest bass sound of all time? <laughs> I asked Reinhold on Facebook 
how he got that sound. <laughs> Music Man into a Country Man DI into an 1176. To Music Man bass <laughs> into, into what, Jack? I asked Reinhold on Facebook how he got that sound. Music Man. Music Man bass. Into a Country Man DI. Into to a, a Countryman DPI. To an 1176. To 1176. Great attack. Great attack. Talk about space. <laughs> Talk about space. You could rent out the space between the kick drum and the snare drum in New York for $1,500 a month. All right, Jack. I mean, Rob Stenson. For the first time ever, there's a fourth member of the Trinity, and that is being awarded to me. All right, we'll get there, Jack. We'll get we'll there. We'll finish with that. Um, I definitely think uh, <laughs> he's right, but we'll get there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Mr. Reinhold Mack, we have some um, incredible cute, uh, picks. Cute, cute picks here with him and his dog and with Mr. Freddie, Freddie Mercury, Mercury of Queen. his yeah. good friend. Incredible. Um, Reinhold Mack, also known as just Mack, is a mm-hmm. German record producer and sound engineer, mostly known for his collaborations with rock bands elect- ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, and Queen. Uh, and here's a little bit of uh, Mack in the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody film. Um, I don't think I can use this, right? No, this is a guy's review, so there's nothing from the movie, like... Oh. No audio. Oh, He's telling you. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Let me uh, let me bring it back here. When watching the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, a lot <laughs> of people felt that the Queen producer, Reinhold Mack, was referenced when Adam Lambert got out of the truck, and Mack was written on the front of the truck. Ah. Uh, I would have missed this one if it hadn't been for Sally Edwards' channel, so I've got to give her credit. I'm almost annoyed at myself that I myself. expect better. But in this scene, on the making of Freddie Mercury's solo album, Mr. Bad Guy, who is that behind Paul Prenter? It's got to be no other than Reinhold Mack, who indeed was the producer on the Mr. <laughs> Bad Guy album. Now, if we look through the window there, we see the rest of the band who are working on Mr. Bad Guy. <laughs> so who... <laughs> With a we got uh, one of the members of the Olam uh, narrating Literally. Musicians working on that album. Well, if we look in this picture, on the left there, on keyboard and synthesizer, this has got to be no other than Fred Mandel, who very famously played the keyboard synth solo on... I love I this guy's breakdown. Through. He's surgical. He work with Queen. Incredible. This picture coming up. Is there any uh, in the left hand more Reinhold Mack here, or is Fred it just Mondale, yeah. uh, on not sure? With Queen okay. on Saturday night. Well, anyway, Mr. Reinhold Mack, um, legendary uh, 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 record producer, um, and also there's more here. Uh, we have an interview about Freddie Mercury, his experiences working with him. Yeah, with if Reinhold you wanna, Mack. Yeah, if you want to grab the perfect ten twenty five. Let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. There he is. Let's go. Working on a solo project, for instance, in Munich, um, I would pick him up by, uh, at around two at his apartment 
take him to the studio, had breakfast, then uh, we probably played Scrabble or Turtle Pursuit. <laughs> and uh, maybe around five o'clock, uh, we felt all bad enough and compelled to actually do something. So um, either that happened or we just had to wait till it was seven and uh, to go out for dinner. Uh, on other days, uh, we actually got a lot of work done in probably half the time it would have taken laboring over it the day before. <laughs> Incredible. Shall we he go to this? Uh, oh my God. Is this about Reinhold Mack? This, this no, this is people who worked with Freddie. People who worked with Freddie. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. We have another one though another here. One. 220. 220 here. Do, 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 do. <laughs> this guy's low volume. Treated him as uh, being the star, and uh, you know, didn't really want autographs or stuff, and just took him for what he was—the nice guy who was paying lots of rounds of drinks. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, incredible, <laughs> Reinhold Mack. And then we have a baby German Mac here. This is him young. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Let's see if I uh, system overload again. I know, it's getting uh, abstract here. Expect to see uh, uh, Mr. Walter Becker, uh, Donald Fagan, uh-huh. and Jack Stratton. Correct. Behind the board. So much money worth in uh, audio devices there in the rack. <laughs> hey. Queen. He does speak in German in this. But. Oh, he does? Yeah, but I thought it was cool just to see him. Oh, sometimes it's surprising. There won't be any schedules set up that you say you come at 2 p.m. It just starts this way. And uh, that you always have to go to the studio and then specific moment comes when every everyone is there and, when, and it will never be asked why someone is late or why someone is too early or even why someone doesn't even come at all because the freedom is simply there. To decide for yourself... But when after three to four days there is still somehow no sign that the person <laughs> in question is, uh, is showing up until you hear that he is somewhere in Bali or elsewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is great. Reinhold. Mr. Re- Mr. Mack himself. So let's, uh, let's, let's round out. Uh, the end of the Holy Trinity's video with, uh, with Jack Stratton here. 
Oh yeah, I, I got I gotta go back. The fluffy mic. I want one. For the first time ever, there's a fourth member of the Trinity. <laughs> and that is being awarded to me. <laughs> I do not deserve to be a part of this Trinity as of now, but accepting this award now. I will take it as motivation to further refine my minimalist funk arranging skills. And when I'm in the studio, I will think of Fonz, Ordell, and Reinhold when I am eliminating instruments. Honorable mention Rick Rubin, the reductionist. Thank you. I love Rick Rubin. We got to do an episode on Rick Rubin. We should, huh? Sometimes I write a little song so you don't forget it. Sometimes I write a little song in the lyrics. Sixteen, twelve. Yeah. 
short podcast this week but uh i don't think that necessarily means it's a bad podcast because it's a good podcast it is the conscious club podcast uh it is the number one podcast on wolfpack we love that you tuned in tonight to learn about yes for joining us right uh thank you ever so much for the watch (laughs) time we we appreciate the watch time love that watch (laughs) time that watch time um so uh, yeah, that was the Holy Trinity is the minimalist funk arrangers. Uh, there will be more Holy Trinity uh, podcasts where we dive deep into Correct. Jack's uh, aforementioned uh, influences. Absolutely. Also, I do want to. I do want to prep. Uh, prep. Um, I. I did not. Um, I haven't said that we have a clips channel. We have a oh, clips channel now. I need yeah, to add true. that into the the, uh, the intro. Yeah. So we have a clips channel. You know, and I. I. Um, I debated whether to have a separate channel or just to upload clips on our flagship TCCP channel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, uh, I think it probably would have been better to just post them on the main page <laughs> because yeah. uh, we only have like three subscribers over there on the clips channel. So subscribe well, we to the clips channel. We also talk to us. Talk about it. So I think once we start talking about ah. it, people will catch on. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, go to the Clips channels, TCCP Clips on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's linked on the side of our of our mm. of our uh, flagship channel. So if you're on the flagship channel, and you see the TCCP Clips. Subscribe to both of them. Hit that ring bell. Uh, and also, you know, the Clips channel is great because you just dive into a specific moment on the show that happens to be good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because it's like we're not gonna make a clip of a bad clip, right? Right, and then it, it, it entices you more to wanna to wanna learn about Wolf. To uh, to want to learn more in depth about what we were talking about in that specific episode, mm-hmm. and to get a more well rounded education on our fellow musicians that we uh, so love, uh, uh, and uh, so yeah, we thank you. Um, it's at the Conscious Club Podcast at Senorita Toria. Thank you. Um, TCCP Direct at gmail.com is the email address you can send us. Um, uh, uh, your your uh, your, you know, a video of you hating us, just telling us we're Feel wrong. Free. Uh, uh, voice memos, memes, questions, segment suggestions. We're all taking it here on the Conscious Club podcast. And, you know, we're humble enough to know, you know, to, 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 to recognize, uh, talent where talent lives and, (laughs) uh, and to capitalize on it. So, uh, hit us up there at tccpdirect.gmail.com. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. Also, Cody's at Cody's Hand Paintings on Instagram. The beautiful <laughs> art behind us, uh, fan art contributed. Uh, we want more art. So if you're an artist and you love Wolfpack, uh, send us your art. Uh, DM us on Instagram at the Conscious Club Podcast, and uh, we'll give you uh, give you some deets on that shipping info, yo. And <laughs> uh, we could Venmo you some ship, some shipping, some uh, shippy, yeah. shippy coin. <laughs> That's right. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, that thank was. You uh, so much. Minimalist Funk Rangers. See you next week. Hey, everybody. Indy here, and thanks for watching the Conscious Club podcast. Please be advised that this is a fan-made podcast. 
Even though we would love nothing more, we are not associated with Wolfpack, Wolf Records, LLC, Wolf Productions, Inc., or any associated acts tied to the greater Wolf umbrella. We do this show out of love, not for monetary gain. We simply wanted an outlet like this to exist, so we made it happen, and I hope that's okay. Thanks for watching, and always remember, fee fi fo fum.